Welcome to Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. Nick, I know I sound energetic, I sound positive, but there's not a lot of great things to say about this Nets team. We're not even going to talk about our personal stuff. Every single week, Nick talks about what's going on in his life. I talk about what's going on in my life. Well, for a little bit. I never say anything. Yeah, because you don't like to share with the audience, but honestly... Talking about ourselves, it's not worth it right now because we, we're almost done with the regular season and everything we have hoped for in regards to this Nets team has just not come to fruition. This team has been a major disappointment. This is one of the most disappointing seasons I can remember given the expectations, given the fact that we were the favorites, I think, before the year started to win the championship and now – we're basically going into the postseason in a few. We have a few games left. We could snag an eighth or a seventh spot if possible. Right now, we are sitting at the what tenth spot? We are in tenth. We've clinched at least the tenth uh, because oh, the Knicks and eleventh are five games behind us. There's only four games left, so there's no way we don't play in a playing game. It's just a matter of what position we're in. So we're sitting in tenth at forty and thirty-eight, tied with the Hornets in ninth, who own the tiebreak at forty and thirty-eight. Hawks jumped to eighth at 41 and 37, a full game above us and the Hornets. And the Cavs are in seventh at 43 and 36. So it's going to be pretty difficult for us to catch the Cavs unless they literally lost out and we won out. That's probably not going to happen. Our best bet is if we can gain a game and a half on the Atlanta Hawks and jump into that eighth seed so that we're not having to win two games. Most likely right now, uh, we will end up playing the Charlotte Hornets in a play-in game and have to beat them to then play the Cavs or Hawks, the loser of that game, for the eighth spot. So looking at the rest of the Hawks' schedule this season, they finish up with the Raptors, Wizards, Heat, and Rockets. Probably going to win two out of those four games, maybe even three. Uh, I guess we're rooting for Toronto tomorrow. We're rooting for, obviously, the Wizards, the Heat, and the Rockets, but it, it, the Rockets are a pretty bad team. I think the Hawks will handle them. Um, hopefully, I the, see the them Heat going and two and two. Uh, they'll beat yeah. the Wizards and the Rockets. They can lose to the Heat and the Raptors, and we could win out because um, it is a game and a half, uh, or is it one game? Oh, it's Dude, only one sh- game. So if we could then win out, but that's going to be tough for us because I mean our next four games: Rockets should be an easy dub. Uh, Knicks should be a dub, but it's never easy. Cavs are tough, and Pacers aren't great, but it's still me, not a gimme. Let me tell you this. After that Pistons game, nothing is an easy dub, okay? The, the first three teams you've mentioned, the Rockets, they beat us this season. They, they have a W against us. Um, what do you say? The, the Cavs have beat us this season, and what was the other team? Not the Pacers, because I don't think the Pacers have beat us this season. But what was – so we have three games left or four games? Knicks. 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 Rockets, okay. Knicks, and then the, Knicks, the Knicks always give us a hard time. The Knicks are playing – some inspired basketball as of late. Um, we're going to get into our feelings in the state of this Nets team in about two seconds, but what bothers me, man, so much is the Nets had the fate of their season in their hands just a few weeks ago. You can go back a week or two. That Charlotte Hornets game that we played 
over, I want to say, two weekends ago. We lose that game, and then boom, Charlotte's ahead of us. But wait, we can still play. I'm sorry, that was Charlotte was a week ago. We can still beat the Hawks on Saturday and reclaim that eighth spot. No, what do we do? We lose to the Hawks. You're going to be hard-pressed to find teams in the NBA that the Nets have handled and handled with ease this season. It just hasn't happened. So having said that, let's get into the state of the Nets. This segment is brought to you by Alcohol. Beer, wine, liquor, hard seltzer, doesn't matter what you're drinking. If you want to have a beverage to numb the pain, this is for all those fans out there who have to deal with shit like this on a weekly basis. I'm talking to you Jets fans. I'm talking to you Knicks fans. I'm talking to any fan in New York who roots for a professional sports team. Have an alcohol and please drink responsibly. Okay, let's get into the state of the Nets, Nick. Uh, They're not a good basketball team. They haven't been a cohesive unit all season. They are the farthest thing from it. If it wasn't for Kevin Durant, I don't think this would be a watchable season. Kevin Durant has basically put the nets on his back whenever he's out there, and he single-handedly won us games. He deserves his flowers. He deserves our love, our adoration. In fact, I think that Joe Sy should give Kevin Durant 50% of ticket revenue for home games. I really think he deserves some type of ticket revenue because if it wasn't for him, the Nets would be an absolute abomination this season, Nick. So we're going to start there because I can't kill the Nets without praising Kevin Durant because he has been the one bright shining star that has been Mr. Consistent throughout the season when he's been available because obviously he's missed some time due to injury. But let's start there. I, I mean, your thoughts on the state of the Nets currently and also please Talk to me about how good Kevin Durant is at basketball because it's the only thing that makes me want to wake up and do this podcast weekly. But it doesn't matter how good Kevin Durant is at basketball for not winning games. And you can't not partially put a little bit of the blame on Kevin Durant for not getting his teammates involved. I don't care if he scores 90 a game and we lose 100 to 90. He's the GOAT. It doesn't matter. We still lost the game. So, yes, Kevin Durant has been a saving grace. He's pulled us out of a lot of tough games. He's he's a god. He's arguably the best player in the league. Some might say second right now after Giannis. Uh, if you take every other factor of the game into consideration. But you can't help but wonder, is he shooting too much? Is he not getting teammates involved enough? Is he not encouraging younger players enough? Why is he scoring 55? Kyrie scoring what? In the la- in against the Hawks was... Uh, he had 24. 31. 31. Durant had 55. Kurt Irving had 31. And no one else was in double digits. That's not a good team. That's two individuals keeping a team alive but not enough to beat a bottom-tier playoff team in let, the East. Let's, let's backtrack. So your problem with Kevin Durant is that he's not creating enough for his teammates. I'm not having a, I'm still having a problem. I'm saying you're just saying like, oh, thank God for Kevin Durant. Why does it matter how good Kevin Durant is if they don't win? That's like what? saying you okay. like the OKC Thunder when they had Russell Westbrook and nobody else. Westbrook was getting like a quadruple, quadruple a game, hold but they were on, not even a on. playoff seed. Keep your head on your shoulders. It's, it's spinning Kevin off Durant, your shoulders. Kevin Durant is averaging – 6.1 assists this season. Great. Okay, that's almost two more assists than his career average at 4.3. He was not matter? brought – because, Nick, he was not brought into this season to be Mr. Do-It-All, to I'm basically be LeBron James. To, I'm not literally saying he has to get assists, dude. I'm saying there's something inherently wrong with a team where only one person – it doesn't have to be him that gets the pass, but yeah, there's but, something but inherently wrong with a team that relies blamed? on one player. Because no, I'm not saying – because everyone has to take responsibility. 
Okay. You're gonna say okay. you're gonna say Steve Nash, Josai, uh, 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 Roger Federer, and everyone else in the world is to blame, but Kevin Durant because he scores a lot and no, shoots well, high well, percentage well, shouldn't well, take an ounce of the blame. If you're going to put a percentage on Kevin Durant's blame it's for this small. team's woes, it would be two percent. Yes, it's tiny, but I'm saying fine. I'll okay, give Kevin fine. Durant all the flowers, but it doesn't matter who gets the flowers if we're not winning. Well, yeah, yes, but I don't want to discredit the fact that if Kevin Durant is healthy for the majority of the season, guess what? We don't go on that crazy losing streak. Right? I forget what the number was. We lost like 13 or 14 straight games. Yes, that I doesn't agree. happen if we have Kevin Durant. If Kevin Durant is healthy the entire season, Nick, we're probably a two or a three seed. He is the MVP. Don't get it twisted. He has had... If you watch what he does night in, night out for the he's not Nets, gonna win. He's not going to win MVP. Are you saying for a no, 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 not at all. I'm saying if he was healthy the entire season, he is your MVP. And I don't think it's close. I think he's better than Giannis, better than Embiid, better than Jokic. Jokic, yeah. I, I just, again, I'm just playing devil's advocate. I'm not saying it's a lot. I'm just saying it's hard for me to sit here and praise. I love Kevin Durant. He's our guy. Uh, but whatever he's doing – not saying it's not enough, but whatever he's doing in complement with the team is not enough to get victories. Now, I had a buddy from Boston, uh, shout out Josh Belinsky, Slate Milk, texted me during that game and just said, Patty Mills sucks. Yeah. So, all right. And, we, I, couldn't, and yeah. I couldn't really disagree with him. So, again, we, we're going to get into the game. We're going to get into Patty Mills. We're going to get into these role players. No, well, well let's, let's, let's get into why the Nets have been bad this season. I think that if you're going to give Kevin Durant 2%, Give Patty Mills 10%. Give him some type of percentage because there's a lot. First of all, I want to go all the way back and say, I don't think so. If you go on Nets Twitter right now, everyone's blaming Steve Nash for his rotations as of late. I think you, you got to go a long way to find out why Nash is the problem. Okay, let's talk about Sean Marks for a second. Yes, the big three, amazing, cool. What did they give us? Virtually nothing. You look at the guys that Sean Marks has brought in around Kevin Durant, and I'm talking about pre-Harding trade, right? James Johnson. What has he done this season? That's been positive. Absolutely Somehow gotten nothing. a lot of minutes. He is this season's TLC. He is. He gets into the game, and he hurts us more than he helps us every single night. He's slow. He can't really shoot. He can't really defend. The one thing that he does that you know people were looking forward to is his toughness. And I haven't seen that all season. I've seen him make stupid foul after stupid foul. I've seen him get blown by. I've seen him botch layups, dunk attempts, what have you. He has been the worst net this year. And like you said, he gets a lot of minutes. So let's start there. Bad signing by Sean Marks. Patty Mills started hot, had a great first, I want to say 20, 25 games. And then he just dropped off the face of the earth. Now he can't hit a three-pointer. And you're right. If he's not hitting threes, Josh, your, your boy, Josh Polinsky is absolutely correct. He is meaningless to this team. It's not like we want him for his defense. Sure, he's a veteran. Sure, he can hustle a little bit. But he has been a disappointment. So that's two guys, two and, veterans you brought in who have been disappointments. And just to put some numbers behind that, Patty Mills is a career 43% shooter. Uh, this season, he's shooting 40%. Listen, it doesn't sound like a huge difference, but like Spence said, started off hot. And let's look at crunch time the last six games or so. 0 for 7 against the Hawks, 0 for 5 from 3. 1 for 3 against the Bucks, 3 points. 1 for 1 against the Pistons, 3 points. And that was 0 points against the Hawks, by the way. 1 for 4 against the Hornets, 2 points. 2 for 11 from 3 against the Heat, 
over four from the Grizzlies, zero points. So it's not just that he's been streaky. It's not just it's been up and down. It was up when the games weren't as important, and it's been so down when the games matter most. And that is the problem with Patty Mills, because especially with no Ben Simmons, we ship Harden away. Joe Harris is out. Seth Curry's kind of been in and out with injury. He's trying to stay healthy. When he's been healthy, he's been good. And then without, when we have KD and Kyrie on the floor, we need a third scorer. Dragic hasn't been great. And it has to be someone like a Patty Mills just to be like a Danny Green hitting two or three consistent threes a game. And he just hasn't been that guy. He seemed to have lost his clutch gene. And I know it's funny to argue, oh, Patty Mills is going to thread the needle for the Brooklyn Nets. No, but it's these additions, these little things, these role players that do actually add up to victories, to hit shots when we need the most, when KD gets doubled. So... It, it's it's sad. I love Patty Mills. I've always been a supporter, even on the Spurs, and I fucking hate the Spurs. Um, I've always liked Patty Mills, so it is it is a bummer to see. The the funny thing is, or it's not even funny, it's fucked up, is the fact that Patty Mills is available every single night, night in, night out. I think he's missed one game due to rest, but he can't play right now. For some reason, he can't shoot. He's ineffective. Meanwhile, Seth Curry, who has been a pretty competent third scoring option when he's out there, is not available every other night because he has ankle issues. If you took Patty Mills' availability and gave it to Seth Curry, now we're cooking with gas. Unfortunately, that's just not the case. Seth Curry, and we knew this when we traded for him, he does not have great ankles right now. I think there's one ankle that's been bothering him for the majority of his tenure with the Nets. He hurt his other ankle a few nights ago. Um, it's It's been tough to watch because he is an extremely important part of what the Nets are trying to do on offense. But Spencer, but Spencer, Nick, the Nets have Kyrie Irving and he's full time. How are they still struggling? Well, I'm glad you asked that anonymous hypothetical fan. Uh, Kyrie Irving has not been great these last few games, especially against Atlanta. He was horrible. He was absolutely atrocious. We'll get into his performance, but he's missing his shots, shots that he normally makes defensively, he's been a bit of a liability. You saw what, what the Hawks did to him. They, they kept switching off their big men onto Kyrie on offense, so he would have to cover the big. He was covering uh, Gallo on a few possessions. He has not been the Kyrie Irving we all hoped and wanted to see when it was announced he would be full-time. He just hasn't been since that. It's funny because the last time I remember him going off was when he was part-time against the, the Hornets that night. Uh, they played in Charlotte. Then they, then they get the announcement he's going to be full-time. He goes off against the Grizzlies in a loss. And since then, I, I don't think he has been as epic, as great as we want him to be. And I'll tell you this, Nick. You talk about guys not creating for their teammates. For some reason, not Kevin Durant, but I'm always wanting Kyrie Irving to pass the ball just a little bit more. You know what Kyrie I'm saying? Kyrie took 32 shots against the Hawks. He was 12 of 32. It was his season high in shot attempts. He was 20 for 31 against the Magic on March 15th. He went off for 60 points. And he was 12 for 32 with 31 points. He, he shot one more time against the Hawks and literally had half the points. Why is he shooting 32 times in a game when the team as a whole, the entire Nets team, let's see here, against the Hawks, only shot 99 times? So 33% of our shots were Kyrie Irving, and they weren't even going in. Yeah, yeah that's you're blasphemous. absolutely right. That's blasphemous. It's extremely blasphemous. Um, but Spen, what about the young guys? Kessler Stop asking Edwards. yourself questions. 
Kessler Edwards gets minutes occasionally. I guess he's all right, but he's not proven. Let's be real. He's not a consistent enough role player for the Nets to depend on him when the playoffs come. You still have Blake Griffin riding the pine. You still have LaMarcus Aldridge riding the pine. You can play those cards if you need to. But at the end of the day, Andre Drummond and Nick Claxton have played more than competent uh, in regards to what their ceilings are. Drummond's been phenomenal for the Nets for the most part. He's been really good. And Claxton is, is able to provide that sort of change of pace center. He can run the floor a little bit more. He's more versatile on defense. So I like what Drummond and Clax have been given the Nets, but unfortunately uh, having two solid big men doesn't really fix well, their... You have, an, you have an aging Drummond who still sometimes gets lost on defense, uh, who also his stamina isn't what he used to be. And you have Claxton, who hasn't developed into the player we want him to be yet. He sometimes looks like a like a young elite star, and sometimes he gets seven and four playing twenty five minutes, and you wonder where the hell he is. So he turns it on and off way too hot. He's way too hot and cold. You never know what you're going to get. If Claxton doesn't develop within the next year or two into like I don't know a better Mason Plumley or a, a skinny better defensive Nurkic who could actually have some good post moves and finish down low with a little hook. Why are we holding on to him and why are we investing so much time into him? It's, it's a great question. Um, he's here now. I think at the end of this season, they'll have to decide whether or not they Even want like to retain Dwight Powell. Dwight Powell looks yeah. great. But but you're again, Dwight Powell has Luka Doncic. Without Luka Doncic, how good is Dwight Powell? You got to realize that, you know, I look at that Mavericks team and I see all the role players, Dorian Finney-Smith, Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, Maxi Kleber, Reggie Bullock's on that team now, Jalen Brunson, Spencer Dinwiddie. They're a cohesive unit. They all go well together, and Luka is the conductor. With the Nets, you have Kevin Durant, who's the conductor. He's obviously a score-first player who can pass. I mean, six assists is not something uh, to look at and, and, and say, oh, that's not enough. That's really impressive for a fucking small forward or power forward or whatever his position is. Um, but you have Kyrie Irving, who's like another conductor, and unfortunately, you just don't see that cohesion from the Nets as much. You can blame it on the fact that they haven't played together this year that often or the fact that Kyrie and KD at the end of the day are score-first superstars. Whatever you want to say, we have not seen a great, consistent Nets offense on a nightly basis. But that's not what our woes come down to. Our woes come down to so much more than that. Our defense has been lacking. We don't get to loose balls. I think there were four jump balls against the Bucks. Do you know how many of the Nets won? Zero. They won zero jump balls. Teams want it more than us. That, that's been the case all season. And look, love Bruce Brown. Love what he's given to the team. He's really popped off since the Harden trade. Um, so, you know, not going to speak ill of Bruce Brown. But like I said, the young guys outside of Kessler Edwards, Cam Thomas, nothing. Cam Thomas has been atrocious in the second half of the season. But Whenever Bruce he gets Brown, minutes, Bruce Brown's he doesn't do anything. Three against the Bucks. Yeah, Bruce Brown Bruce, did not Bruce play. Has, he did not play against the Hawks. But, and I think he would have made a huge difference. You're right. I, I agree. Not having him in that game hurt us. But Nick, you have to understand that when we lose James Harden and we don't have Ben Simmons yet, we'll get to him in a second. Someone else is going to have to step up. Happy it was Bruce Brown. But if it wasn't Bruce Brown, it would have had to be Cam Thomas. It would have had to been Patty Mills. And, right. and Bruce Brown appears to be the only guy outside of, you know, Drummond and Claxton who have stepped up. Uh, like I said, Aldridge and Griffin haven't gotten a shot yet. That's pretty much the entire Nets roster. But it just it pains me. To watch these teams like the Bucks, like the Mavs, like the Hawks, they just compete harder than us. They just want it more than us. And they have the cohesion and the fact that they've played together this entire year. That really bums me out. 
Oh, and if anyone was wondering if Ben Simmons was going to play this regular season for the Brooklyn Nets, he won't. Reports came out today. He's not even going to be ready for the playing tournament. There's a chance that if the Nets get to the first round, Simmons might be able to play in that first round, if not the second round. So as much as we wanted to try to see Ben Simmons for the end of this season, not happening. I, I don't understand how, how we can be so unlucky as a fan base. We had three of the top five players in the league, or top ten players, if you don't think Kyrie or James Harden was a top five player last year. We had three of them on our team, and we somehow botched it. I, I, I just, you know, I love Seth Curry. I love Andre Drummond. But those two guys for James Harden, it's, it's, it's a tough look. It's a tough look, tough look if you're the Brooklyn Nets you need Simmons back for the postseason, and you're not even guaranteed to get to the first round. So I, I think we've discussed the state of the Nets. I, I'm not going to say Steve Nash isn't to blame, but I don't think he's the, the, the biggest proponent. I think the fact that guys haven't stepped up, there has not been a sense of urg urgency, and the fact that full-time Kyrie is not as good as part-time Kyrie. Yeah, all right. As much as everyone loves hearing you uh, complain and throw your head in your hands, let's get into some of these games. All right, first game we have is the loss against the Atlanta Hawks. That was 115-122. Um, the Nets were in this game till the very end. The Hawks pulled away with it. Uh, Trey Young had a huge three. He killed us. He had 36 points, 10 assists in, in 35 minutes. Uh, DeAndre Hunter had 15. Danilo Gallinari had 15. Of course, Timothy Luau Cabarro had 11. He actually played a fairly good game against us. Although Kevin Durant, you know, let, let, let's talk about him for a second, Nick. 55 points for KD in 42 minutes. He was on automatic, rarely missed in this game, put the team on his back. He had that one-legged three-point shot over two defenders, which was one of the most insane shots I've ever seen on, on live television in an NBA game. I love that shot so much. So I went to the, the courts earlier this morning and made a TikTok video of just shooting one-legged three-pointers. You should check it out. It was pretty sick. At Spen Harris uh, is my TikTok handle. But outside of Kevin Durant, like you talked about Kyrie Irving's 31, it was a garbage 31. Okay, it was a terrible shooting night, and he got, I think, six or seven garbage time points when this game was virtually over. Uh, outside of those two guys, no other net in double figures. Okay, let me repeat. No other net in double figures. And Nick, Timothy Luau Cabarro scored 11 points. How That's is disgusting. that possible? It's disgusting. It's disgusting that Durant and Irving total 86, and the rest of the team doesn't even have 30. And listen, that's just as much on Durant and Irving as it is on the rest of the team. What I will say is more Irving because he shot at an awful efficiency level. His, his field goal percentage was sub 30 or just around 30, 30, 31. So absolutely terrible on Kyrie Irving. Just took too many shots overall. We also, a slight thing, we doubled turnovers against the Hawks. We had 13 to their seven. So there's not too much to talk about. It was a good game. It was it was a battle between the stars. But what I felt was the Hawks were passing well. They were distributing. It was a team effort. I like the Hawks. They're a young, hungry team. They have a bunch of guys fighting for contracts, a bunch of guys fighting for minutes. Everybody wants it, and they work together. And Trey's the distributor. Trey is kind of like a, a, a slightly – uh, much shorter, but a slightly less talented uh, Luka Doncic, just in terms of what he creates both as a passer and the kind of the fading threes he could hit in your face. So when you have a guy like that, a team like that who has his back, 
they're just going to be a much more fluid, efficient team than a Nets team, depending on two superstars who haven't played in that many games together, not relying on anybody else, not only not relying on them, but when they do rely on them, nobody else can hit an open shot. So this box score, I have to say, what is this, our 100 and something podcast? This is the ugliest box score I have ever seen. And our shooting percentage wasn't that bad. It was 42, lower than it normally is. But just the fact that I see two guys, not only scoring double digits, both above 30, one above 50, and no one else hitting 10. That is not basketball, okay? That's me guy. We call them being me guys. And you're never going to win a game with two me guys not getting anybody else involved. Another cool stat, 10 different players scored for the Hawks. 10, okay? And the majority of them had more than five. No Hawk who played had less than five points. Seven nets uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven nets scored, and three of those nets had five or less points. That's just pathetic. And let me tell you this. This is for all the Nash haters out there because I think this is one area where the nets can get a lot better at, and the fact that they didn't have Bruce Brown and Seth Curry, yes, it hurt them in this game, but I still need when Kevin Durant gets double teamed. First of all, if, 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 if the team's not going to double Kevin Durant, he should shoot the ball in every possession. He should But when teams double him, and you saw Atlanta do it in that second half, they did it in the third quarter, they did it in the fourth a little bit, the Nets need a plan B. It shouldn't just be give Kyrie the ball and let him go to work. If two guys are on one player, that means one other guy is open. You have to figure out who that guy is if you're the Nets, and that guy has to be ready to make a play. A few times against the Hawks, it it happened to be Cam Thomas. And he was not ready to make a play. I can't tell you when Cam Thomas has had to be in that position where, okay, I'm the decision maker, but that's where Bruce Brown excels. Bruce Brown gets to the free throw line. He sits there. He camps there. Durant will give him the ball. He'll make the right play. You can get three things out of that. You can get a jumper from the free throw line. You can get a kick out to someone for three, or you can get an alley-oop or a drive to the rim, which I consider the same thing. But the Nets don't have a backup plan or a plan B when Kevin Durant gets doubled. You saw it in this game. I think you saw it a little bit against Milwaukee. It really frustrates me. And that's something that Nash should have in his back pocket. The only thing I will say, though, is we were missing both Seth Curry and Bruce Brown. I just said that. Who? Yeah, I know. I'm reiterating that. So it doesn't really, it doesn't really at the end of the day, matter at this point if he's putting a pressure on Cam Thomas because he should never be in that position. Or Kessler Edwards should never be in a position where he's scoring eight or nine because we shouldn't need that from him. What, what about what about Blake Griffin? Why not put him in that position? Because he sucks. But he at least he's a smart player. Do you understand what I'm saying? You need a competent guy to make those. Someone has to help out Kevin Durant when he's double teamed. And what the Nets tend to do is they tend to stay in their places, not move, basically take themselves out of the play. And it's just really tough to watch. I would say put Blake Griffin in there. Look, even if you have James freaking Johnson as your decision maker in that foul line, fine. But do that and stick to it. It it seems like Nick, you know, you see there are moments where Nash is actually, I'm sorry, where Durant is trying to score off double teams and triple teams. And that shouldn't happen. I love Kevin Durant. He can do that. But that should not be your plan A, B, and C. So that's where Nash has to be better. That was my my major takeaway from this Hawks game. Yes, Kevin Durant had a sick game, 55 points. I think it's a career high for him. Could you please double check that? He was phenomenal. The one-legged three-pointer, I loved it all. 
but you need to be better as an offense than just saying, Kevin Durant, here's the ball. Go win us the ball game for four quarters. You can do that for maybe a quarter and a half. Yes, it was, a, it was a career high. It was a career high. Four quarters of basketball. And, and also, like, like we talked about the Hawks on the defensive side of the ball, 122 points at home is inexcusable. And, and unless your offense is clicking everywhere, you're not going to win that game. Are you ready to move on? What do you mean? It was in Atlanta. Oh, it was in it. I thought it was home. No. You're right. Okay. Sorry. Regardless. I mean, home, away. It, my, my point uh, is, loss. if you're going to let up 122 points, you better fucking be ready. Um, you, you better you, you better put up you – have, you better have a perfect game offensively is my point. All right. Bad right. loss. We go all the way back to Tuesday. If you can define a bad win, I think this was a bad win against the Pistons. 130-123. Kevin Durant needed 41 and 11 rebounds in this one. Luckily, we did have Bruce Brown. He tacked on 15, 24 points for Kyrie Irving in 40 minutes, 11 points for Seth Curry, and then 14 points and 13 rebounds for Andre Drummond. Uh, I think Dwayne Casey tried to do the hack of Drummond toward the end of this game. He ended up hitting his free throws, which was dope. Uh, like I said, he, he has been sort of the silver lining in the second half of the season. Drummond's been playing some great basketball for the Nets. But this was a game that should not have been a, a seven-point win. This was a grinded-out basketball game. Uh, let's give credit to Cade Cunningham. He was unstoppable in this one. 34 points for the Pistons in 32 minutes. Sadiq Bey had 15. I always That ties, think, that ties Cade Cunningham's career high at 34. 34. 13 always, for 24 from the field, 5 for 11 from 3. Yeah, he's 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 a player, man. He's, he's coming if, out. If he, he, he's not shooting well this season, but he like towards the end. If you look at the last few games, twelve of 20, 13 of twenty-four, eleven of twenty-two, seven of twelve, ten of seventeen. He, he's getting that confidence. He's a good scorer. Him and um, Scotty Barnes are going to basically battle it out for defense. I'm sorry for uh, rookie of the year. I think it's going to be Scotty Barnes because he's just he's been more consistent than Cade Cunningham. But yeah, I mean Sadiq Bay. I said fifteen points. He is a guy. I always think, what if the Nets had kept Sadiq Bay? And, and not traded him away for what happened, what ended up being Landry Shamit, which ended up being Javon Carter, who is not on the team anymore. Because um, he is he's a player, man. He's a really solid forward. He can score the basketball. He can defend. He's a smart player. I like his game a lot. Um, but, yeah, this is, this is one of those games where Detroit hung with the Nets for the majority of this game. We needed a 38-point third quarter to their 30 points to go ahead, and then we pulled away in the fourth. We scored 34 to their 29. But let, let, this was not a great win going into the games against Milwaukee and Atlanta. This should have been a cons- confidence builder for the Nets, and unfortunately it just wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. We got it done. But 19 turnovers is is absolutely ridiculous. That you should never – like, come on. Where are we passing the ball to? Like we've always said, we play down to these teams a lot of the times. We let them shoot just as well of us. We shot 55%, which is crazy. They shot 48, which is amazing for the Detroit Pistons, who are at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. So it was an ugly game. Um, I do like our point distribution. You got Bruce Brown, 15, Drummond, 14, 11, Curry. Like I'm seeing a lot of double digits, Claxton, 11. I like all of that. Um, obviously, Durant carrying the torch with 41. But I got to give credit where credit's due. Cade Cunningham has not shot in well, like I said, all season. And, of course, against the Nets, he ties his career high. So is that uh, uh, more of a Cade Cunningham victory or a Nets a loss like are we causing that are we are we giving players the confidence in the open space to create and get their uh, their groove on so i think it's a little bit of both yeah. um at this point like you said in the past we'll take the win it's the nba teams are always going to be tough maybe a little tougher for us it seems like we always have a target on our backs and these young guys and these stars perform their absolute best against us you look at trey young 
Look at Giannis. We'll get to that game in a sec. The most clutch I've ever seen him in his life was against the Brooklyn Nets uh, uh, two games ago. So I'll take the win. I'm happy with it, especially in the last three games being our only victory. But um, we got to clean up. We got to clean up. I'll say two things. Uh, I think you brought you brought up a great point that guys really bring it to the Nets. Is it that we're not great on defense, or is it that guys just always step up against us? You said it's both. Um, I, I think that's exactly where we kind of stink. Is how many superstars or how many great rookies or how many teams have we slowed down defensively? I can think of that game against the Sixers where we did a great job slowing down uh, Joel Embiid and James Harden, that dominating win in Philadelphia a few weeks ago. But outside of that performance, it, it, we, we teams always seem to tee off against us. And you can go all the way back. I mean, I, I can't think of any, but I, I remember the Thunder giving it to us earlier in the season. Uh, the Rockets gave it to us. Um, you know, all these, the Pistons have always competed with us every, every single time we play them, it's, we never blow them out. So yeah, I think we have a, a, a real issue. And then this brings me, my, brings me to my next point is if we're struggling to beat the Pistons at home and this game was at home, correct? It was, if we're struggling to beat this Detroit team at home, how are we going to play against the, the best teams in the East? How are we going to fare against the Heat, the Bucs? Uh, you, you know, I understand we play up, play down to our competition, but you can't give this type of performance. You still let up 123 points to the Pistons. And like we said, the Nets have to score 130. They're not doing that every night. So you take the win, but it wasn't a win where I was like, oh, yeah, let's let's take this momentum. It was a win like, okay, we we hung on. We won a close game with one of the worst teams in the league. Now we had to look to Milwaukee. And let's get to Milwaukee. I don't want to talk Again, about Milwaukee. We have to talk about Milwaukee. This was literally a game that we we played some pretty good basketball, right? Like we were up for the majority of this game. We were up in, in the fourth quarter. Um, we were playing great. Um, I mean, listen, as a non-Nets we, we, we were we were we were not we were not up in the majority of this game. We just we we played them hard in the Good beginning research. of that in the beginning of that fourth quarter, I, we, we, we got off to a great start and we were up six or seven with about two minutes left. And you know what great teams do? They hold that lead, but we aren't a great team. We have two really great players. One of the top five players of all time in Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, who's probably, who's probably, I mean, he should have been on that top 75 list. He's a top 50 player of all time. I think when all is said and done, but we're not a great team. We let up the seven-point lead with two minutes left. Milwaukee ties it in regulation and then beats us in overtime. This was Duke UNC. This was two rivals. They obviously knocked us out of the playoffs last year and ended up winning the ship. Um, this was everything you hoped it would be in terms of a basketball game from a non-bias, from a non-Nets fan point. It was an awesome basketball game. It was fun to watch. I had just gotten out of a sketch show. I ran over to the bar. I caught the fourth quarter. And – it was heartbreaking. I mean, Giannis, who I've argued in the past, will never be a superstar player because he's not clutch. After he won the championship, this year, he is unbelievable. Unbelievable. And I know he's probably not going to win MVP just because Embiid and Jokic. And it's probably, I'm hoping it's Embiid's time. I think he deserves it. I, I don't know, man. The way Giannis has come on as of late, the Bucks have a higher seed than the Sixers right now. I don't know. It's going to be very close. I'm just talking about the Caesars, uh, Caesars odds to win. But if I'm looking at Giannis's numbers in this game, 44 points, 14 to 21, one for four from three. And obviously the three was the biggest, one of the biggest swings of the game, 14 rebounds, six assists. What, what were his free throw numbers? Do you have them in front of you? I don't have the free throw numbers. but He, I know he, he shot over, he shot over 80% from the line. 
this was the Giannis proving himself. And he's he had to prove himself time and time again. I respect Giannis. I have nothing against Giannis. I, I, I don't root for him. I want us to crush him. But this was me watching him mature to another level. This was a must. Every game for us in the last th- four games and beyond is a must win for us, right? To get the best possible playoff seed. And he knew against the Brooklyn Nets, who he knocked out last year, was a must-win game. And he stepped up and battled with Kevin Durant, like we keep mentioning, arguably the best two players in the league right now, the two most raw, talented players in the league. And he literally won that battle. And he hit a huge three and two free throws to seal the deal. And it was... It was ins- I was shocked. I was not only upset, I was shocked because I couldn't – you know when he's shooting the ball, you just don't think it's going in. He doesn't have an orthodox way of shooting it. And so you see him go up, and you're like, no way it hits. And then you see him on the free throws, taking his 14 seconds like he always does. And that, too, doesn't look like a natural motion. And they both go in, and you just can't believe it, but you have to respect it because that, at the end of the day, is the hardest thing to do as an athlete. Heart-thumping, game on the line, but just heartbreaking as a Nets fan. How long has Giannis been in the league? You're all of a sudden now like bewildered by his jump shot. What do you mean, dude? Have you seen his stats over the past like seven years when in clutch, his clutch efficiency? It's terrible. No, but I'm just saying like you're all of a sudden like crazed. And his mid-range, if there's a stat that said in the mid-range in the first six seasons was like 25% and now it's 42. He's a great player. What do you want me to say? Great players improve where they're not great. And he was not a great mid-range jump shooter. Now he's a pretty solid jump shooter. He was never a good three-point shooter. Why wasn't Shaq ever a good free throw shooter then? Shaq never needed to do that for his game. It's, com- it's No, different. he worked on it. He okay. couldn't get better. You don't think he was shooting 100 free throws in practice? You think the Lakers were Free thinking- throws are more mental, though. Yeah, I agree. But also, so is a three when you're down three with 10 seconds left in the game. That's also Look, mental. I don't want to take away anything from Giannis. He was amazing in this game. He absolutely destroyed the Nets. He won the game. He, he stole the game yes. from the Nets. But there were a few. Also, Kevin Durant hit a ridiculous three-pointer to put the Nets up one, right? Oh, no, he got fouled. I'm sorry. Kevin Durant got fouled shooting a three. Do you remember that play where Wesley Matthews' knee mm-hmm. – did you think that was a flagrant? Because they didn't call that a flagrant. Uh, with that much time left on the clock, I don't think you call that. So KD makes all three, and then Giannis goes down the court, gets fouled by Claxton, hits both free throws. Kevin Durant has a three to, to win the game, and he misses it. And you live with that shot, by the way. I saw people saying Kevin Durant should have passed the ball to a cutting Goran Dragic. There was three seconds left in the game. He's going to shoot that ball. He's not going to pass that ball to Goran Dragic, who might make a layup with 0.2 seconds left. Um, A lot of mental mistakes by Brooklyn down the stretch in this game. Bruce Brown had a foul. Uh, they, I, I, I don't know if they reviewed it and said it wasn't a foul the next day, but he fouled someone when the Nets had the ball. It was an offensive foul. I think the Nets were up six or seven. Bucks got the ball back. They're not going to waste those possessions. When the Nets turned the ball over, most times the Bucks scored. And ironically, this is one of those games where it's like, what more do you want Kevin Durant to do? Because, Nick, you were talking about getting his teammates more involved, whatever. He had 11 assists in this game. 26 points, 11 assists. Bruce Brown had 23. Kyrie Irving had 25. Dude, I, I have nothing bad 16. to say against – I literally no, 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 have nothing no, no. bad my, my, against to say about the Nets. It was just the Bucs stole it. Giannis stole it. Well, no, but like I'm, I'm – Nick, how could they have stole it if the Nets were up seven with two minutes left in regulation? You're supposed to be able to cover those leads. If you if you if you go up one point with ten seconds left, don't let Giannis take the ball and and drive to the rim and foul him. 
I mean, that was a foul on Nick Claxton. It was. Giannis had a difficult three. They were hitting difficult shots. I'm not going to say like the Nets Nets didn't do anything wrong. They did. But my point is they did things to lose this game. This is two minutes left in the NBA. That's two possessions if you're up six. Yeah, but that, but Nick, I'm telling you that there were mental errors made on the Nets side that lost I, them yes, in the game. I yes, agree. Giannis hit a huge three. Yes, he hit some clutch free throws. He was he was awesome this whole game. But he doesn't get that victory if the Nets don't fuck it up, fuck it up in regulation. I agree, but you're literally arguing uh, like a couple mental errors. We were in the game against what second best team, the third best team in the East right now, one game behind the Celtics. Two and a half games behind the Heat. Arguably, some would say the number one championship contender from the East, if not in the league. We were with them the whole game. We had the opportunity to win. I'm not arguing. I'm usually the negative one here. I'm not arguing saying the Nets shouldn't have held on to this game. They should have. But this is basketball. We make one or two errors. We miss one or two shots to seal it. They hit one. Open your both your eyes. They hit. They miss one. They hit one big shot to to make it a game. And then Giannis hits two clutch free throws. I can't be that mad at the Nets more so than I'm mad at the situation. That's my point. Should we have sealed the deal? Absolutely. Should Obama have a book deal? Absolutely. But sometimes, and he does have it, but sometimes Good for him. Life, Good for Obama. But sometimes in life, a guy like Giannis, another superstar comes in and he plays just that much better, hits that much more of a clutch shot. So I will agree with you on all the other games we just talked about, how most of those games are about fixing what's wrong with us. This one game, I actually think as a team, if you look at Bruce Brown, if you look at Seth Curry, if you look at our bigs, everyone contributed nicely to this game. We played up to the competition, okay? We played up to the third best team in the East. But two minutes left, couple miscues, ball didn't swing our way, shots didn't swing our way, and Giannis sealed the deal. I can't sit here and not be upset, but I could sit here and not say the Nets blew it. I don't think they blew it. That's fair. And I also think that's where the lack of cohesion and the lack of continuity come in. The Bucs were down six, down seven with two minutes left. They didn't flinch. It was business as usual. It was Giannis. It was Holiday making plays. Uh, Grayson Allen hit some shots against us for for the majority of this game. But my, my point is they knew what they had to do to win this game. And when push comes to shove in crunch time, if it's not Kevin Durant hitting shots or it's Nick Claxton, who's made a few defensive, great defensive plays this season. He had the one block. Um, I think it was on, on a three point attempt from somebody a few months ago. And then he dunked on LeBron. Like we don't really have a great formula in the fourth quarter other than give KD the ball, give Kyrie the ball and everyone get out of their way. And it works sometimes, but it, it just doesn't, we, we don't have that fourth quarter cohesion that can win us these tight games against the Bucks and against you, you know the Heat, and that's that's what worries me. That's what and the Hawks down and the to. Hawks and the Hawks look and good the in Hawks. crunch time. The Hawks look good in crunch time. Cool. This has been a really not funny podcast. Usually, me and you uh, have a few jokes here and there, but it's been a pretty negative. Is, these are, da- these are dark times. I'm gonna need to watch some like really positive shit after this. What's that guy who paints? I got to give a shout out. I got to give a shout out to a big fan of ours, Reed Williamson, who I spent the weekend with. And he just talked about how much he he loves the podcast. Uh, He's a big fan of me and Spen. We had a bunch of beers, had some laughs. Um, Reed's going to come on the show at some point. He's going to talk basketball. He's a diehard Bills fan. Uh, He likes to get his body waxed sometimes. Uh, Interesting guy, but he'll be fun to talk to. So shout out to Reed. And uh, yeah. Cool. I love Reed. Reed Williamson's my guy, and, and I don't want to take anything away from him. And we will have him on the podcast. And he is 
one of the best listeners out there for Fireside Nets. He Nobody outside of maybe Eli, shout out Eli, nobody supports Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick, brought to you by Empire Sports Media more than you don't know that you don't know that you don't single people out we don't know who's listening right now who's like wait fine but i want to get i want to get back to the nets what was the guy i was thinking of the painter bob something bob ross you know you know bob ross is no i'm gonna look him up i'm gonna watch his stuff after this he's pretty positive all right nick let's end the show looking ahead to this postseason so my, my my two questions are do you think we're going to get past the play in tournament Right now, it's looking like we're going to have to win two games. Do you think that the Nets can get it together for two games and get to the actual postseason? I think we'll win the play-in games, yes. I don't think we'll we'll jump ahead of the 10th seed um, unless the Hornets really shit the bed and we might go ninth, but we'll definitely be playing in a bottom seed playoff t- uh, play-in game. I think we will win that play-in game. I think we'll get to the first round against the Miami Heat, and I do think we have a shot against the Heat. I actually think the Heat are right now on their demise they look messy. They look uh, uh, just kind of disheveled. They look a little bit against each other. The last past couple of games, the chemistry's been off. They had one good win. They're kind of, you know, jump back up to the front seat over the Celtics again. But overall, I actually would rather play the Heat than the Celtics. I'd rather play the Heat than the Bucks. Um, I'd almost rather play the Heat than some guys like the Hawks or Cavs because those young guns could really come at you. I think the Heat we match up with decently. So um, I'm okay with it. I think it's a, it gives us a 50, 50 shot, but I'm not like, Oh, we're playing a number one seed. Like, you know, the, the Phoenix suns, someone who I'm really terrified of. I'm not worried about the Cavs. They do not have Jared Allen. He has a finger issue. Uh, I'm not sure when he's going to be back. So they're not the same team without Jared Allen. Um, obviously the Hawks are playing pretty well. So I'm, I'm slightly worried about playing them in a, in a playing situation. And Trey young, Trey young has proven he has ice in his veins. Uh, so I, I'd love not to see them. Um, and then uh, looking ahead, Nick, this is the most important question. Are the Nets, given all the negative things we've said on this podcast, episode 106, by the way, all the negative things we've said over the past few weeks since the Harden trade, before the Harden trade, what have you, does this team still have a chance to make a run and win a championship this season? Yes solely because of the talent on their roster, but so many things are going to have to fall into place. So many things are going to have to get tightened up. We're going to have to get lucky. We're going to have to play some stars that just kind of don't shine that night. Um, And we're going to need Kyrie, Katie at their best. And we're going to need the role players. Honestly, I hate to say this. We need Patty Mills to step up. Curry's like we said, can't stay healthy. And Bruce Brown. I like him. He's not a really a shooter. He's gotten better from the three this year, but he's not a shooter. If Patty Mills, plays as bad as he has the past you know, month. I don't know if we can get past the first round. I'd love to tell you we have a chance. I mean, look, mathematically, statistically, we have a chance, right? We're in the playing tournament. We can win out. We can get to the postseason. We can make a run. I think that too much has to change for this Nets team to be successful in the postseason. You just said a guy who's been playing horrible basketball for a few months has to all of a sudden – flip the switch and play good basketball. Thanks. Seth Curry, Seth Curry will not be able to take nights off in the postseason. He will be playing every night or every other night. Can his handle, can his handles, can his ankles withstand that when he's not getting rest? Kyrie Irving literally said the other day, he's like, yeah, I, maybe the transition to being a full-time player has something to do with my shooting slump. He didn't say that verbatim, but he paraphrased that. 
all the and, and like Ben Simmons, when is he going to play? Who knows? We, nobody has a fucking idea. We were, you know, you're hearing the reports. Maybe it's the first round. Maybe it's the second round. Who knows? And how do you take a guy like Ben Simmons and put him in a lineup in the postseason? Because he he does have an effect on the offense, on the defense. It's just too much has to change for this Nets team to be successful. And you're counting on so many things to go right. You still need Andre Drummond and Nick Claxton to give you big minutes in the postseason. Who knows what you're going to do with LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin? How do you just all of a sudden have them play in the postseason? I understand Nets fans have been clamoring for these guys, but you want some type of continuity going into the postseason. Bruce Brown. Last season, he was not great in that in that series against the Bucs towards the end. He had some, some big blunders down the stretch. Can he right the ship? Can he figure it out? Do the Nets have enough three-point shooting to make a run? Because if Patty Mills isn't really shooting the three, you only have three guys. Nick, I'm holding up a three. Three guys who are able to hit threes. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Seth Curry. Outside of that, you get the occasional one from... Kessler Edwards. And we don't even know if he's going to be on the freaking roster. Too many questions. Too many things need to change. My gut feeling, and usually my gut is right, because when I when I feel a certain way, it, it, it always comes true. And I've been so optimistic and so positive about this Nets team all season. But Nick, if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, then the chances are it's probably a duck. In this metaphor I'm using, the Nets are the duck and I'm referring to them as a bad basketball team. That, that's totally. just what it is. They would ha- they would shock me if somehow they were able to beat a Miami Heat team in that first round. They were able to beat you know a, a Hawks team or a Bucks team in that second round. If they go on a run and they are able to even get to the championship, I will be amazed and shocked. But from what I've seen, I'm not going to tell you that all these things are going to change because it, it's just not realistic at, at this point. All right. All right. Well, that does it for this week's episode of Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick brought to you by Empire Sports Media. Thanks for listening. This is really more of a venting session for me and Nick to just air out our frustrations. Uh, Nick, you shouted out a lot of people in this episode. Any final words for the listeners? No. Have a good night. Take it easy, guys, and as always, I'll catch you on the fire side.